I also just I just like the fact that it's it's um, it's two people talking about their their because that is how every fucking record like I said like there's records that that whenever that first girlfriend Caroline is like we would talk about those records and it's it's your connection with somebody through that through that art um, is is the, what's the most important thing about that thing is that is the is is the people you saw that movie with you know it's, yeah you know it's like you know. I remember watching, you know, Pink Panther with my mom and dad, my older sister, you know, and it's just like, and just, it's the greatest movie of all time because of that, I, that night that my, my, all my, my, my sister, my mom and dad all peed in their pants laughing at the same time. It's about the people that you do the art that you, that you love art with. Um, and so the, you guys doing it together is, is made so tons of sense. So, um, yeah. I'm Christopher Hooten. And I am David Rapson. And for the next few minutes, we're living on coffee and flowers. Boxer makes me think of a time when I was walking around New York City at four in the morning and having a conversation about all the people I I think when I play like now, I probably was I was probably just I, I what happens is I'll get I probably got one part of that and then I get stuck in my head and, and in my hands and I just keep playing it and it sort of I chase it until it becomes something fully formed. And so whether it's dark or bright or, you know, whatever it is, but something about this, the physical effort of doing it is therapeutic, you know? Um, and it's still, it's still basically the source of all the music that I write. Falling out of touch with all my friends are somewhere getting wasted. Hope they're staying glued together. I have arms for them. So the opening picture here is obviously, um, someone missing obviously missing their friends and feeling quite like despondent about it and but kind of having still having contained holding some kind of love for them and like hoping they're staying glued together um and and having arms for them just holding out wait <laughs> waiting for them to be taken back brought back <laughs> into the fold it's it's uh in, in a modern interpretation of this song i guess it's about fomo it's like what the what the kids are calling fomo fear of missing out and like um, it's a very it's a very tender way of explaining that feeling of like knowing that other people are elsewhere having a good time and you're not. Um, there are many ways that you could address that subject. One being jealousy, others being like wallowing. But this one is more like, I guess, empathetic and tender than that. As I say, it's like um, the the line about I have arms for them just encapsulate how this guy's feeling. It's not about like um, really ruining that you can't be somewhere. It's more like welcoming those people into your lives whichever way you can like by by putting by phrasing 
arms in such an obtuse way rather than saying like, you can have a hug if you want it. <laughs> but by by labeling the arms so objectively, you kind of make the offer very like fact matter of fact. Like I am here. I am yeah. I'm someone who is going to be there for you. Yeah. And it's, it's said in a very like... Uh, it's like it's, it's a kind of yielding kind of capitulation vibe to you. It's like, I'm here, arms unfurled. Yeah, arms are something that are actually are kind of a recurring uh, word, I guess, in lots of national songs. They, they crop up here and there. It's like... A, yeah, there's a lot of awkward just... Being aware, very aware of your body, isn't it? Um, and your yeah. limbs, all very limmy. Mm. I, I think with this with this opening as well, I often think of um, the kind of the gang back from Fake Empire, you know, when he says, my friends are somewhere getting wasted. I think about those kids out on those kind of streets, um, you know, tiptoeing around, having a good time. And the fact that, you know, we talked about them already, not really being cognizant of something deeper going on, like politically um but also that they maybe are not thinking about the fact that they've left someone behind there was someone who used to be out running with these guys and now they're not there um so it's just i don't want to put too much meaning into that i just think there's so many different layers of things that you're ignoring at any one time that you can't even be aware of mm. no i get that and like if, if fake empire is about that that revelry and that evening where those young people are out having such a good time then green gloves is about the time that comes way after that when you're looking back on those and uh, missing those moments. Yeah. Take another sip of them Floats around and takes me over Like a little drop of ink in a glass of water Take another sip of them It floats around and takes me over like a little drop of ink in a glass of water. So we've established that the friendship group is somewhere getting wasted. Now he's like starting to imitate them a little bit. I think, you know, taking a sip. Um, and I guess this this bit kind of speaks to the, the kind of how in, intoxicating it is just to get a glimpse into a group of friends um, and into their good time, you know, especially when you're excluded from it. You see it as imitation, maybe? Yeah, he's just starting to try and like submerge himself in their lives and and you know if you do even get a, a, a tiny glimpse into someone's life and your you know whatever they're doing in their day it, it does kind of intoxicate you it does take you over but I guess it's also it's short-lived isn't it and you know we talk about an, a drop of ink in a glass of water you know once that has dissolved it's got it's kind of gone and simultaneous and in the same way you know getting a little piece of seeing in a little piece into someone's life, it might bring a moment of satisfaction, but then it's also gone. That's interesting. The, so I, I see it, I see this section as, so the first part is, is setting the scene. And I think this, this few lines here, it kind of, to me says that it's about the person who is feeling the missing is deciding to stay in that emotion and to almost, to almost revel in the feeling. Yeah. Um, just rather than, uh, it's like, it's like a, I guess like a mindfulness thing, isn't it? Like, like rather than sort of like, um, swatting at, at trying to ignore thoughts, it's trying to understand what you're feeling. So although you could say that the, the opening lines of this song were kind of somewhat contemplative and sad and they come from a place of, um, loneliness, the decision thereafter to set, take another sip float around and take me over. It's like to to accept it and to let it wash over you. Like, huh, I, I picture this person in an armchair missing people, but rather than like going, right, gonna go out, gonna go and feel better now, going like, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, really- I'm gonna, I'm gonna bed down and really like get into this. If I'm feeling lonely, I'm gonna really feel lonely. Let me think about this. Let me miss these people. Yeah. I, th I think 
that's when this song takes a steer of, of like um, deliberate. I don't want to say enjoyment because no one, no one's really enjoying this, but like um, indulging, indulging in feet and missing those people because at least, regardless of the way in which you're indulging it, at least you're getting close to those people. Yeah. Even though it's kind of a, uh, it's not as nice as it would be to see them face to face, but it's it's contact in a way. So. And it's addressing your feeling, and uh, you could argue that that's healthy or unhealthy. That could pan out kind of either I, way. I, yeah, for sure, like I guess indulging in the feeling indulging implies i'm saying it's negative allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling rather than shaking it off is incredibly healthy to to accept how you're feeling and i think that's what i'm saying is that the, the, the our protagonist is doing here it's like I, I guess i really miss these guys well i'm gonna miss them Green Gloves is one of the earlier ones, um, and it was definitely one of my first demos. And then Matt definitely had, you know, he came kind of, it was one of, there's usually one or two songs for each record that kind of lead the way. And that was definitely one of them where it was like, we felt like, okay, we're making a record. I remember, you know, I Should Live in Salt was that song for Trouble with Me, whereas he kind of, there was a demo that I did and Matt wrote the, wrote the words and sent it back fairly quickly. And I was like, Oh, okay. Whoa. Okay. This feels like we're headed somewhere. And green gloves felt like that. Um, but it was interesting cause his, I think the most challenging thing about that one was actually the harmony. There's a close harmony that he sings with himself in the choruses that it was one of the first times that he really harmonized with himself. And it was almost, I think, I, I don't know if it was accidental or not, but it was on the demo and then we couldn't really, it had this weird, just beautiful quality to it, but it wasn't album quality. And we had trouble sort of getting that and getting it to feel the demo had a real, just elusive charm about it. So there was a little bit of demo-itis, I think. Get inside their clothes with my green gloves. Watch their videos in their chairs. Get inside their beds with my green gloves. Get inside their heads. Love their loves. I guess my feelings to this song have changed a little bit. I think I probably used to think of it more as more creepy than I do now. And this there's something it is something charming about this image. And when when he mentions green gloves, I mean obviously the obvious association there is jealousy. And also, I think you imagine surgical somehow, you know, putting on these kind of latex gloves, which may, brings you back to the kind of the vibe of Brainy, you know, of this kind of mm. somewhat kind of creepy stalkerish character. But then, but then now, I don't know. I see more of a more of a kind of a beauty in it. Um, I think I have more empathy for this character compared to the one in Brainy. Yeah, um, I think that we talked about the guy in Brainy being a bit of a madman, uh, and whereas this more this is such a more relatable feeling than keeping fingerprints in a pink folder. Like, this is a more everyday emotion. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like, the implication on first listen about green gloves can be one of, like, somewhat that, that stalkerish detective vibe. But no, the more time you spend with this character, the more empathy you feel for them, I think. And mm. um, Yeah, this is... this. 
this these few lines here about getting in their clothes and um, getting in their beds, getting watch, watching their videos, and crucially, love their loves, is so it's such a lovely sentiment about what it is to be a, to be a friend, to really try and understand a friend, not just to crack a beer with them and to to have a good time with them, but to really try and that line, love their loves, is such a pure embodiment of friendship, yeah. isn't it? And, and and I guess that's where the, the empathy comes from. It's like, this character is not a creep. This is someone who's really, really sweet and really thoughtful about the... the it comes... I've, I've seen this in, in uh, you know, when we've spoken to, to Matt and when you talk... When anyone who knows Matt will, will know that he's a very sweet, sincere guy and someone who really... Um, he, and this is why he's a good songwriter is because he articulates things particularly well and the way in which he he speaks and is with like particularly friends and family is so so lovely and sincere, and I guess that's really encapsulated here. You know, um, ignore the fact that he's wearing green gloves and what's he doing? He's going through his his friend's stuff and just trying to get closer to them. It's incredibly sweet and sincere. I think the the specificity of well of like you know in their clothes in their chairs goes back to what Matt was saying about you know really locating people within a space, whether it's the car they love in Brainy or sitting in their chairs. You know, it does it just. Yeah, it make, it puts you more in that moment. I always think, like, I'm almost loath to bring this up because it's, it might seem prosaic, but, like, in this day and age, when he says watch their videos, I, I kind of like a, dec- a decade or so after after the song was written, it does make me think of Instagram and watching, you know, the endless, like, stream of videos of, of people's stories, little little snapshots of their, of their lives, mm-hmm. and, and that how that can be a kind of a painful thing when you, when you have those moments and you're like, oh, they're there doing that, I'm not there. And... It might be something you didn't know was going on, and it's there is kind of a a lot of melancholy to that. And then I think you're you're right that um, the key line at the end is um, get inside their heads, love their loves. I think he really like he really wants to inhabit their lives, even if it's just for a moment. I think love their loves is like feel excited about what they're excited about. Um, imagine you're sharing this thing that they're mm. passionate about. It's not like a superficial embodiment like he really wants to kind of really wants to get to the core of like a wishing he was with in these experiences i like what you said about a modern interpretation of video um because obviously yeah there's a lot of a lot of uh time has passed between when this was first penned and us listening back to it now and reflecting on it in in 2019 the the yeah particularly in video like so i'll, I'll go down your path a little bit and, and think about that because when you say love their love, uh, sorry, when you say uh, watch their videos in, in 2019, I more think about like link sharing. You know, how often do you get a link from someone saying like, watch this video and like occasionally like just just don't because you get sent so many links or like, you know, that horrible feeling when you send someone a link on like WhatsApp or something and they and that you don't get a reply and you're like, oh, I really want them to watch the videos I've sent them. So I, I get to like, that's a, I guess a modern interpretation of like, I'll, I'll I'll take the time to watch it, what it is that they're passionate about. But if I, if I, um, that's my modern interpretation. If I go back to thinking about the character and, um, and, and who this guy is and trying to get close to his friends, I do kind of think about them um, slumped in a chair. Um, I've always pictured, when I listen to Green Gloves, I've always pictured this person in, a, in like an apartment, like maybe they're like creeping around their friend's place, trying to get closer to them. And in a in a more of a um, early video sense, I picture them like maybe a stack of VHSs. Like, oh, this guy has uh, Titanic on VHS. I didn't know he was a the kind of person <laughs> to watch Titanic. And like watching Titanic through a lens of like, I really want to try and understand why my friend would watch this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess. So, as with as with all of these these songs, there's like um, whenever you listen to it, whatever whenever you listen to um, it, it, 
it's going to be different based on where you are in your life now. And, and all those years ago, video wasn't such a different place then. And I guess now a modern interpretation of like watch their videos could be more like phone based. I mean, he's definitely a hero then if he's actually watching the links that someone sends him. He's a, a modern day hero for doing that. Who does that? <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I'd agree with all that. Um, I think, you know, Green Gloves does sound like it should be a love song. And I think musically, and I think it kind of is, you know, it's just it's a longing for the love of friendship rather than for like a romantic love. Definitely. Um, and yeah, I don't think the only thing I disagree with, I, I, I don't imagine him slumped because I, th I see him as more nimble than that. But I think we'll we'll find out about that more in the next verse. That's well put. I like the idea that it is a, it is a love song for friendship. That's really well put. Cinderella through the room, I glide and swan because I'm the best slow dancer in the universe. So I love the idea of using Cinderella as a verb here. It's great. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's such a weird line, but it is also so evocative. I just I, immediately I just get this picture of, so clearly on my mind of someone kind of like wafting around this apartment, mm. um, kind of somewhat delirious mm. and gliding and swanning. I don't know about you, but I think. I always get the impression with this with this bit that it's, it's like a vaguely psychopathic image of the narrator dancing to the person's house, the person they miss his house in their clothes, um, and the but and the downbeat delivery of it is kind of like sort of tragicomic. But I, I think also Matt here is trying to maybe bring a bit of levity to the to the song because it has been somewhat dark or creepy, and I think the the whole like I'm the best slow dancer in the universe is just a really unexpected and nice line. It smacks of Matt's humour. Yeah, I, I equally love that Cinderella verb. Yeah. I wonder if you could use it yourself. It'd be, like saying I have arms for someone, it's a, it's a challenging thing to use in everyday life. Well, I'm going to try and Cinderella through Monday and Tuesday this week, so let's give it a see how it goes. Let's check in on Wednesday. I want to hear how that goes. When you put a detail, I think there's clothes or some sort of like clothes mentioned, detail of clothes mentioned in almost every song on this record. Um, and, and, and there there might be on almost every song I wrote. And I think that's, that's um, somehow when you put a detail, um, you know, like, like, like green gloves, you know, or, or, or their, um, you know, a white shirt. Beloved white shirt. Yeah, a white shirt or a blue blazer or a blue shirt. There's there's multiple there's lots of different shirts and there's masks and there's strings being tied. There's all people putting on outfits and there's people in rooms and I think when you sometimes it's you I I can always tell feel like I know a person more when I can just visualize something than if you tell me about their personality, you know, like she was this type of person or she was that type of person. No, just say that they were sitting in a blue chair. You know, um, 
in, in, in near a window, you know, in, a, in an empty room or a crowded room. And boom, it's just like I feel like I'd know 10 times more something about that person just by placing them in it, by, mm. by, by visualizing. And, and, and like everyone will visualize a different chair. Maybe the room's crowded. Maybe it's an empty room. Maybe the window's in New York City. Maybe it's maybe the window's looking out onto a field, you know. It's but but. So everybody can just instantly understand their person in that spot, you know, and, and with a shirt on, you know. So um, and in a car, when I say come home in the car you love, I think ev- I, I, I'm not conjuring Corinne's car or my car. I, I, I think I'm I think I'm purposely not. Or I, I think I know that everybody's got a favorite car. Right. So so instantly to their their brain they're going to have a, a, an image of a car and it'll be theirs and it'll make and the song will be feel open to them you know <laughs> the car doors are right. open because you know, it's like you don't you don't say say i had i mean you can say specifically what car it was and you can try to conjure but just say it was a favorite favorite car or it was a or a chair by the window and or a white shirt you mm. know a beloved white that shirt makes, yeah you know that makes total sense and um it reminds me of uh we spoke about before when you were doing the stuff with elvi when uh you know in the in the green where you where you stress green twice oh, and, it, yeah. and it doesn't have like a there's no point to it but it does it does place you in that moment more somehow I'll be the one Yeah, green. I mean, green gloves. Green. Uh, yeah, there's. Oh, I, there, I don't the green know why. one. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why green um, is. I mean, je- green being jealousy and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I think I talked to you about that. But um, I, I, I was, I was always a big fan of uh, the Smithereens. Uh, and to and, and that song, Green Thoughts. These green thoughts. I always love that. Um, anyway, I don't know why, but yeah, like a color, a color. Yeah. Of something is sometimes all you need to say about something you don't like describing a personality or the abstract things is you'll just miss it you're not going to get it right there so let let somebody else color in the blurry stuff you know the emotional stuff And then I was, there's just two guitar parts that I play and they're different. There's the, the basic, you know, and you know, the, but then there's the, this other part that was played with a really reverby guitar, um, electric guitar against the acoustic guitar. And it's, and we spent a long time trying it with different tones and different kind of, ways of of just getting it just right and i think that made a big difference where it's it's quite spare what's there it's not over layered or anything but the feeling of it is just right and then peter peter's just really he was as a mixer and a producer he was just very good at making a song like that live be able to live alongside brainy and scholar victoria and mistaken for change which have much you know these big drums um and then, and when we had our friend Marla um, Hansen, who lives in Berlin now, but she she lived in Ditmas Park at that time, where we lived in Brooklyn, and she sings 
she sings at some point, it was actually Sufjan Stevens said, made the point that if we had, if there was, if there were higher voices or female voices up above Matt, that the juxtaposition would be this weird silver lining and actually make his voice more, even more special uh, or something. And, and so that was, we kind of had Marla who wasn't really a singer. She's a viola player. Um, I mean, she sings beautifully, but that wasn't, she's not like a, you know, that wasn't what she was doing at the time, but she came in and sang a lot of just subtle background uh, vocals on a bunch of songs. And and you can kind of hear her in there and on fake empire and a bunch of other songs, but it really helps kind of make it just that little bit more magical. Now I hardly know them and I'll take my time. I'll carry them over and I'll make them mine. So yeah, this, this seems like a very conclusive part of the song, like a real payoff. Um, the whole idea of like now I hardly know them. Um, it could be a sinister admission of like insanity. The narrator doesn't in fact know this person or the or people um, that they're impersonating. But I think more more likely is that they once knew these people, but it's been such a long time and they've fallen out of touch with them so much that they do feel like a stranger now. That's why they feel like they hardly know them. Yeah, for me, it's like definitely. That it's a friend or friends that I just feel so out of touch with now. It it reminds me of um, like the feelings in Mistaken for Strangers, like, you know, not actually, um, what's the line? You, you get mistaken for strangers by your own friends when you pass in the mm. night. I, I, it's, it's akin with that, I think, like someone that you used to be friends with, someone that you used to know so well and now I hardly know them. It's the same, like, um, the same fall from friendship and reverie to like mired in adulthood and missing people, you know? yeah. And the, the, now I'll take my time and speaks to your point about them them really like really settling into this. They're like, sit down, I'm going to pour a glass of wine, I'm going to read their dental records and mm. like... Re- <laughs> their, revel in their, it. Their kids' reports from school and stuff, you know, <laughs> like every aspect of their lives. I think um, carry them over is a kind of an interesting choice of words as well. He, I think it implies that he hopes there'll be some kind of like residual effect of diving so deep into their lives. Um, a bit like uh, the drop of ink in a glass of water but um but in, in the same way that probably won't be the case just as the the drop of ink in a glass of water ultimately dissipates is there gonna is is this exercise that he's doing and and taking in all of their life actually gonna leave him feeling like he knows them better or he's any closer to them possibly not i i think with with green gloves i try not to think too much about the literal situation i guess, i know we just have and we've very much <laughs> walked through this apartment and, and spent a lot of time in that apartment with that character but i think ultimately what green gloves is all about is, is it's very emotive it's a song that's sort of um for a while while you listen to green gloves you live in the like the character you, you live in the moment of missing people and it's just a song that sort of talks about what it feels like to miss friends and to really like to sit with that feeling and to, and to and to let it wash over you and accept it and be like, okay, well, this is, I guess I miss people. I guess I really, mm-hmm. this, this is a song about, it's a love song about friends and it's a song about what, what does it feel like to miss people that you were really close with? And, and I think that, that explains a lot about the musicality of it, why it's so tender. Cause it's a very, it's very tender, a very sad thing to, to have to sort of like accept ones that you once really close with and loved drifting apart. It's very, it's very sad. And, um, that's just, I think that's just what the song all is to me. It's just a, it's a reflection on that fact. It's a reflection on that fact of life that we are all going to sort of like drift away from people that we love. Not everyone, for heaven's sake, I'm not saying that, but I mean like yeah. we all, we all, we all go from a period of a place of having like lots of people around us to having probably less. And 
And I think if I take away anything from this song, not that I ever like think of the national songs as like didactic in any way, but it's like maybe you sh we should be doing this exercise of like indulging in each other's lives while we still know them. You know, you know, it take, taking a taking a second to stop in a friendship and be like, right, I really don't want to know what keeps you up at night, and like I'm gonna fucking watch all the links you send me, and I'm gonna like take some. I don't know. We 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 often talking past each other or we're just kind of having little snapshots of each other's lives. What have you been up to? But like really taking some time to kind of re reconnect. That sounds fucking cheesy, but no, I think there's, I like there's something in that. No, I like that. I like that you went there. There's there's not many songs by the National that you'd call cautionary tales, but yeah, <laughs> I guess... Uh, Guys, don't don't be like green gloves, you know. Don't don't let that, don't let your relationships get to that point where you're um, you're trying to watch all their videos and trying to love their loves. No, I, maybe that's poorly phrased. I guess what I mean is like, I'm with you. Like, if there's any message that you can take away from green gloves, it is just to appreciate what you have and just to find time for them. And um, from a completely selfless place of like, like yeah. absolutely, you know, this guy is someone who's who really wishes he had what he had before. So if you have it now, hold it. Quickly, the song uh, really became genuine about about friends and about about you know people. I mean, at that point, I, I can't. I don't remember. Of, of, of I have. I've been. I've, I haven't had dear close. You know, people that have died. No people, but I know that I was at that point. I was more sort of consciously, like specifically, personally aware of of the. Uh, of how temporary we are and um and i think you know people's stuff and getting to, i think i was it was an attempt to empathize and try to understand somebody to, to get inside their clothes and and you know watch their videos and get in their chairs and to be them and and um you know it's it's um it's not just like trying to understand, like trying to someone who's no longer there. What can you do? You know, like 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 ha, there's no way to connect with them. So people put on their 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 loved ones' clothes, you know, and they 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 people keep you know the people's loved rooms the same. They keep their rooms the same so that they can go into that room and uh, be them. A friend told me the other day their uh, girlfriend had just lost his father, and the thing that she said that was the hardest was going back into the family house and seeing his aftershave and thinking he's never going to spray that aftershave again, seeing the folded shirt on the end of the bed and thinking he's never going to put on that shirt again. This seems linked. Yeah, man. Like I remember, um, I didn't know my, my grandfather very well, but I remember going to my, my grandmother's house where he had lived and like seeing all of his, um, he had all these awards for not awards, I guess like trophies for like bowling and darts and I didn't, even, I didn't even know that he was he was good at those. And then my dad told me, like, yeah, he was, like, really, really good at those. And I guess that, like, yeah, it's those relics that, like, live on after somebody that sort of really tell a story. I guess maybe that is what Green Gloves um, hits on really well. It's like trying to get closer to a person through the objects that they surrounded themselves with. And, and, and I think all that, that's all afterlife to me, you know? It's like, is our, our our we are the people who 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 touched us right and and and, the, and everyone else is a a mixture of of who's touched them and, and obviously for you know our children are, are the most obvious example of our afterlife but everybody you have somebody you like you 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 cut off in traffic and give the finger to you know you you, you added a little more hell 
to your world and their world, you know? And so, uh, so it all goes both ways. That's kind of like a butterfly effect. So I think this getting in someone's clothes and, and, and thinking of them and, 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 and imagining them and speaking in their voice and having their voice in your mind is a way of them. That's afterlife. And there's, you know, uh, we are, we're all just, just the fabric of, of, of every thread that was woven into us by the world and by our loved ones and, and our enemies or whatever. So we're just this big thread. And, and once in, in like, and those threads continue, you know, after our bodies are gone and those threads are exist in the, in the physical things like the clothes we wore, you know, in the rooms and our rooms and all that shit. Coffee and Flowers is brought to you by Vero, a subscription-based social network which respects your privacy and doesn't sell your data to advertisers. Follow Coffee and Flowers and Vero to find and search all the songs, books, films and other things that we reference in each of the episodes. Download Vero for free on iOS and Android. Go to get.vero.co slash coffee and flowers. That's get.vero.co slash coffee A-N-D flowers. Coffee and Flowers is hosted by Christopher Hooten and David Rapson and produced by Christopher Bolson. Julian Wharton composed the theme and engineers the show at the Bison Room in London. 